Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly mini-sode where we dig into the things that we've been watching, I believe, recently. I'm Terry. I'm Mary Beth. Yes, just watching. Uh, this week, we are talking about a harrowing true story, haunted swimming pools, Giallo starring a snack, great, psychosexual slashers, gross zombies, and a riveting screen life mystery. I'm so excited to chat with you about this riveting screen life mystery. <laughs> But first, uh, I think I know what this is, but a, a harrowing true story. Yeah, so I um, I've been wanting to watch this movie for since I heard about it, and it as of as of yesterday, as of the day before this recording uh, aired, it is now on Netflix, and it is J. A. Bayona who did The Orphanage, as well as um, When a Monster Calls. It's his adaptation of the same story that was adapted for Alive. This one is called Society of the Snow. And uh-huh. it is about a um, a rugby team that crashes in the Andes in the 1970s and following the passengers who survive the crash and have to, you know, try to survive in this snowy wasteland. Have you seen this one yet, Mary Beth? No, I really want to, though. I've heard good things. Um, I have the screener, but I have not yet watched it. But now that I know it's on Netflix, it's even easier to watch. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, so it's it's really good. It is very harrowing. Um, the, the plane crash itself is very micro in that it, like, focuses on a very small part of it. And yet it is so incredibly harrowing broken bones people flying out the back of the plane like it just it's it's intense as hell and then the plane crashes and of course if you have seen alive or you know what the story is eventually they're stuck there for 72 days and eventually cannibalism happens i would say that the movie does a very respectful job of tackling that weirdly bringing up the idea of consent because like initially one of the the guys talks about how he doesn't feel like they have the dead people have given them consent to be eaten and is really concerned about because they're very religious it's a religious oh, school so they're very concerned about their afterlife interesting and so it delves into that um it is not gratuitous in terms of like the cannibalism obviously you're seeing them eat meat but like it does not focus on that to the to the same extent that like a salacious story typically would and I would say that this honors the the victims and the survivors incredibly well. Whenever um, there is a death, we get the name of the person and how old they were. Like it is very much respecting oh. like what happened here, okay. and trying to tell a story without being as salacious as something involving a plane crash, cannibalism, 
could do. It's very, it's, I found it very intense. It's long. It's two hours and 24 minutes, but it is. Jesus. I, I really don't think, I I don't think you could cut anything from it. Like it does a very incredible job of laying out the events as they happened to the point, like you could go to Wikipedia and you could see that this, like the main events are all laid out in terms of the book that this is based on. And in terms of like the historical documents that, um, or at least on Wikipedia are linked to. So I think it's really good. It's very, J.A. has, has proved that he can do like disaster films. Cause he did, what was that called? The impossible. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The Owen, was that Owen Wilson? The I can't tsunami? remember who was I think it was it. Owen Wilson and Naomi Watts. Yeah, oh no, that, that was it Ewan McGregor? Right. Oh yeah, I think it was Ewan McGregor. I'm pulling I have, it up right I think now. this is another, another movie about what people try to survive a disaster. Yeah. Oops! <laughs> and yeah, so it's I, I found it to be very, very good. And I, I definitely recommend it. It is on Netflix as of, as of today. So okay. you can easily go watch it. And I know that it's being put forward as like a, a foreign language film for the Oscars. Is oh being, yeah, like, put forward. It's on like the is it like on the long list or whatever? Yeah. So yeah, I, I highly recommend it. it. It was a really good watch. But that's uh, the side, the Society of the Snow or La Sociedad de la Nieve in Spanish. But that's uh, Society of the Snow. Let's go from a freezing place to water. I want to hear about the haunted swimming pool that seems to be divisive on Twitter as of right now. Uh, So I saw Night Swim, the uh, token January horror movie theatrical release (laughs) that we get every year. And it was okay. I think I'm on the more positive end of the spectrum here. And I'm not even that positive. And I, which feels mean to say, I feel bad. Like, I don't, I am not here to like pan this movie because I actually had a lot of fun with it. Like, it's kind of silly, but like, I don't know. It's a haunted swimming pool movie. Of course it's going to be fucking silly. You know what I mean? Like, Uh so I kind of went into it that expectation and like it tries, it's a movie that tries very hard to like use tropes, but stretch them as far as you can to try to make something a little bit different. So like the family is rather well written like there's a lot of really interesting little like conf- conflicts going on here the mom character is written a little bit better than a lot of other like moms and in, in horror mm. as of late you know like, i could see the vision and like what they were trying to do here i think there was something really interesting with like the concept of it i think the way they shot the pool was amazing like the cinematography and the ways they were able to make the pool feel so scary was really interesting like and of course like they could have really stayed away from that, but they do a lot of really cool stuff with the underwater like photography and like looking up at the surface and the idea of getting lost in the water. It's really and so like technically it's a very interesting movie and I think it does some really cool stuff with making something like a pool so scary. It just like so, falls I mean, a- what it's like falls apart. What's it- oh, what's it about? Uh-huh. Oh yeah, that's important. Uh okay. Because I honestly don't know other than like what I've seen in the trailer of someone playing Marco Polo in the pool. Yeah. So a lot of the marketing is like, oh, it's about this baseball player, Ray Waller, who's played by the very cute Wyatt Russell, who we've also seen Mm -hmm. in the new Mm -hmm. Monarch show. Uh, He plays a baseball player who was a pro. He was really good, but he has been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis or MS. And so he and his family are trying to find a place to live so he can kind of like start a new phase of his life 
knowing his diagnosis and trying to like regain mm-hmm. strength and all that stuff. So, you know, already we have some conflicts going on and they are trying to find a place to live that will be can like a kind of more conducive to a lifestyle of someone who is has a disability, but they get a place, they find a place. It's not what they want. It's not what they need, but it's what they want. It's got a really nice pool and he's like, "Oh, well, my doctor said if I do hydrotherapy and swim, it'll help me. So we right. need to get a place to the pool. So they're like, sick, this place is perfect. Uh, guess what? That pool is spooky. And there's spooky stuff in the pool. But it's like the dad starts getting better after swimming in the pool, but then weird shit starts happening also. And it's like the mom and the kids okay. all having experiences. I keep calling it the Amityville swimming pool. That is the title of my <laughs> review because it is very much like the dad goes crazy and the kids and the mom are like not sure what to do about it. And it's like kind of how that unfolds. Really interesting idea. Fumbles the execution. Ending falls apart. They did not know how to end it. I don't think they really thought about like the implications the ending has in terms of like disability. Like it feels very okay. clunky and very silly like, and not in a fun way. Like, you know, like I don't understand. I think someone rushed you to make this and like you did not have time to like write a better ending. So, yeah, I mean, like it's not great, but it's fun. I think they do a cool job with the pool and like the characters are way better, way, way are written way better than I had anticipated. It's It's fine. It's based on a short film, right? Yes. It is based on a short film that this previous... I think... Hold on a second. Yeah, it's based on a short movie with like a little boy in a pool. And it's good. And that, the thing is, this is another one of those situations where like the short film is really good, but them trying to put lore behind it kind of made it fall apart a little bit. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yep. And it had potential... And I just am bummed that it kind of fumbles the bag a little bit here in terms of just, like, sticking the landing. Because it could have been, like, a mid-plus, but really it's kind of just, like, a mid-minus. Gotcha. But. Yeah, that makes sense. But, hey, they do a really cool job shooting the swimming pool. I think it's really, I think it's pretty smart. So, I'm going to just blame Blumhouse. Sorry. Blame corporations. (laughs) That's fair. Let's distract ourselves from that by about a giallo starring a snack. Yes. Okay. So it is giallo January. And I was like, you know what? I, I, so I bought a number of Italian horror movies um, from the black Friday sale that Severn was putting on and they finally came and I've been waiting for them. I've been waiting for them to get here because I've been all of a sudden in this mood to watch um, Italian horror. And with it also being, you know, Giallo January, I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch a little bit more, some more Giallo. So I put a recall out. This movie came up a couple times by a number of different people called The Fifth Chord, which was directed by Luigi Bazzoni. And it is, I mean, it has all the hallmarks. It has like, um, a, it opens up with this really kind of fun, like it, we're listening to a tape of a, a recording of the killer and he's talking and he's, he has like the kind of creepy voice and he's talking about how he wants to do murder and the excitement and the thrill and pleasure of, of stalking the victims. And then he's talking about the ways that he would do it. And it's like, it's gives kind of an ominous opening start to this movie. And then we get like this technique that I I'm, I'm like, I always just think of as, as a Yorgos thing because like 
there's a small lens that we're seeing things through at one point we get a killer we almost get like a, almost a killer pov a pov shot and then it also kind of has like this small lens type like feel the to it, but like the whole screen is not no but like the one where it's like all the screen is all black and there's like a, a small oh, 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 focus okay. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That Yorgos has done a couple times in, in his movies. And it stars Frank Nero, who is an absolute snack in this. Uh, he's a gorgeous man. And he is a journalist, and he is pursuing a serial killer who seems to be targeting acquaintances of his. The police start to think that maybe he's a suspect in the investigation. So it has very similar, a journalist dealing with a serial killer. Police think that he might be the one, so he has to go solve the, the murder himself. This this movie is shot by um, Vittorio St- Storaro, I believe is his last name, okay. who would go on to uh, be the cinematographer for Apocalypse Now, just a few years oh. later. Shit. Okay. Yeah, and it 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 looks like the ma- a master cinematographer was shooting this. It is it is a gorgeous movie. There's this one shot of like a mirrored building. Um, as the two people are stand, are talking about it, and we're seeing the reflection of another building in it, and it's just, it's it's gorgeous. There are some really gorgeous things, and the the finale of this is is has kids in peril, has a dark house, has like this really terrifying moment of like hands coming out of darkness. He uses darkness really well. In fact, if this was one of those, this is a movie that if someone if someone's parents allowed them to watch as a kid, that there is a couple moments towards the end of this that I think would leave an indelible scarred for life moment or thought in their head. What I find interesting about this movie, and I started thinking about this in terms of like Giallo maybe in general, but I'd have to like do a little bit more digging is the way in which the finale of American slashers are usually a, a, a young woman running from the killer. Whereas this movie and a number of ones involving male detectives, particularly with Giallo is like the protagonist chasing after the villain. And so I, I, there's there's some interesting things here. Huh. I've never thought about that before. Yeah. I thought about it here because I was like, oh, this. so we're getting like, he's the final girl. But no, he's chasing after the, the villain because he wants to find out who the killer is. And there's an interesting twist on who the killer is and why they have a motive. One that I dare not spoil, but like makes me like this movie even more. Okay. But I can't say why without spoiling why. Okay. But this is a movie that I will just say was definitely up my alley. And we'll leave it at that. Okay. I really enjoyed this one. It's um, streaming on Tubi. Oh, cool. And I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. I'm thinking about buying the Arrow Blu-ray release of it because I really enjoyed it. So that's the fifth chord. Okay, cool. It lo- I, was looking at, I was looking at some of like the stills from it, and it looks cool. Yeah. Okay. It's gorgeous. I I don't think the the view the one I watched was as pristine as some of the images on IMDb, which makes me wonder if the Arrow uh, release is more cleaned up. But it is. Okay. It it looks nice and. Hell yeah. Uh, Frank Nero. Okay. He's he's a hottie. Yeah, he looks like he's got like the Burt Reynolds vibe with like the strong yep. facial hair, mm-hmm. like black, gorgeous like, eyes, strong dark facial hair, and like very defined mm-hmm. features. And that sounds gay. Well, well, I'm not going to say that it is or not. I'm I know. Not don't say much. anything. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know? And just you saying. should just say, because uh, you might be correct. <laughs> you might be correct. Um, but that's a story for another day. Let's talk about psycho, keeping with the slasher trend, let's talk about psychosexual slashers. 
this is a movie I've been meaning to watch for quite some time, and I finally watched it. I've had the screener for a bit, but I watched Bliss of Evil. Okay. Which is an Australian slasher from last year. Uh, it had a pretty decent festival circuit, and then it went on to uh, like AVOD platforms. Like it's on 2B, you can rent it. And I, you know, I got a link from the team, and I finally watched it because it, you know it's a queer slasher about a woman and like a and like a band. And you know, and I oh, heard it's queer? like, yeah, it's queer. Um, the lead is in a relationship with a woman and like they kiss a bunch and like are very much and there's like queer making out and stuff so it's like pretty queer and it's pretty brutal it's it's, it's interesting because like it's it's people have talked about like oh it deals a lot of intense themes and i was like oh cool like that's my shit and so i was like minorly disappointed only because like this is not that bad um compared to other stuff i've seen but then i also realized that my my baseline here is <laughs> like threshold. not what other people's are <laughs> So I'm watching it. I'm like, I mean, this is really well done, and I'm really I like what they're doing, but like, it's not that bad. And I was like, oh, you're you have just become numb to like movies about like rapists and stuff. And it's like, oh, that's why. Knock knock. Who's there? It's Mary Beth's brain being a silly goober. I can't say like too too much about it because it's like a, it's one of those movies that like you can spoil it really easily. But I will say it's a quite fascinating take on a rape revenge story is kind of what okay and like psychosexual is not really a spoiler because i can't tell you exactly what is going on with the psychosexual part but let's just know it is a weird psychosexual situation and it is very strange and very fucked up but also i think very well done and very interesting and like i don't think I'm going to be very vague about this. They, and not a lot of movies deal with, like, queer women being raped by straight men, I think. I think a lot of it, like, there isn't ever really that discussion of, like, when that happens to queer women. In a lot of movies, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of it... Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a more complex issue that not as many movies tackle in terms of, like, on right. top of that. You know what I mean? And this movie, I think, is really looking at that in a really important way in terms of, like... PTSD, and then also you're in a queer relationship. What does that mean, like, to be, like, assaulted by a man? This doesn't, like, dive too deep into that, but I think it really is an interesting angle to the whole thing. I think it could be way bloodier. It's not as, you know, as bloody as I, as I would have wanted. But I'm still really impressed with it. I think they reveal the killer actually pretty early on, which I think is a really oh. interesting kind of subversion. And be- because when you know who it is, it kind of like even more ups the stakes of the scenario right. in like a really fucked up way. So huh. I like how it plays within slasher convention. It's mostly queer women in it. There's a couple straight guys who are annoying, but like it's like a, it's a pretty good rape revenge slasher, like with like zero, like no budget. You know, like, yeah, it's not perfect, but, like, I think it's a really admirable piece of filmmaking that I think is pretty decent and I think is, like, tackling a lot of really interesting issues in the horror format. And, um, yeah, I'm really glad I finally watched it. You've made me want to watch it because, like, it, ke- it kept coming up. I would see it. You yeah. know, it did its festival circuit and I kept seeing yeah. it come up. And I don't know, nothing about it, like, really grabbed my attention. But what hearing you talk about it, I'm like, ooh. I really should have watched it. And it is streaming on, on Tubi, it looks like, right? Yeah, it is. Sweet. I'm going to have to add that to my 
movie yeah, and like watch. it's been on my it was on my radar. Um, mm-hmm. but like the producers reached out to me and they were like, "We'd really love," and I was like, "All right, fuck it." Like, I need to watch this. If you're gonna be cool enough to email me, then like I'll do you the courtesy. And I was like, "God damn, actually, that was pretty fucking good." Like, yeah, actually, but yeah. So that's Bliss of Evil. It's I think it's great. It's like a good sub ninety minute queer slash subversive them. slasher. I think it's like. It's great indie filmmaking. Yeah, it's got its imperfections, but, like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those movies where, like, for me, it's really cool that it just exists. Um, so, like, go into it with that perspective. That's what's it Cool. Gross zombies. Yes. So, um, again, on my my Italian horror kick. Oh, okay. Ooh, more. Okay. Yes. And... We had talked about the Beyond, which you will choose the Beyond with Trevor Henderson, and this was like the middle part of Lucio Fulci's. Um, what did he call? What is it colloquially known? Gates of Hell. Like so, the fans call it the Gates of Hell trilogy, and it was. Uh, and the Beyond is the middle movie in that in that loosely tied yeah. trilogy. And so this last year, I think it was this last year, Cauldron Films put out a 4K release of City of the Living Dead, which is the first film in the Gates of Hell trilogy. And so I've been wanting to watch the other two films in that for a while. And I just ordering the all these Blu-rays from Severin from Italian Horror just like pushed me forward. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch City of the Living Dead. And then I'm going to watch uh, the third film in the trilogy. So this is the the first film. Before the Beyond came out in 1980, City of the Living Dead, okay. it's also called Gates of Hell, was another movie. Because you know Italian movies, you, you got to have multiple names for it. And this one is loosely, question mark, based on H.P. Lovecraft. Like, it's, it's a it's a cosmic horror-y zombie movie that takes okay. place in the town of Dunwich, which okay. is a yeah H.P. Lovecraft town. So it opens up with, like, this this priest who is walking through cemetery and then hangs himself. And it turns out that we're watching this happen through a medium that's, that is being told in a seance uh, in New York city way, way. I don't know how far away. I don't know where Dunwich is actually located in this universe, but in New York and they're doing this, um, the seance and this one woman starts to see the priest hanging himself and she freaks out and breaks the circle. They think she's dead uh, and they bury her, only to find out she's alive still. <laughs> and this investigative journalist can, it ends up like coming across the story, and he's very curious about it. And she comes to tell him that you know this guy hung himself, and it's going to open up the gates of hell, and the invasion will commence on All Saints Day, just a few days away. So they need to get to Dunwich and figure out how to seal the gates of hell before the dead uh, populate the world. So we follow them on their journey to Dunwich, and then we also follow some people in Dunwich as they are dealing with the the start of, like, zombies coming from the dead. And the thing I love about Lucio Fulci are his zombies are gross. His zombies are so gross. There's a lot of worms. There's a lot of muddiness. They're so gross. They're so dead. They're just, like, so dead. Yeah. And the priest keeps showing up around places and pe- and causes like supernatural events to occur one woman starts to literally vomit up her intestines oh my god 
Yeah, really? they're just sitting in car, and she's just like barfing up just intestines after intestine after intestine, and then more organs start falling out of her mouth. Really gross stuff. And there's a scene involving a uh, a, a power drill that honestly has to be seen to be, to be believed because I was trying to figure out when the cuts were happening in terms of it, like going into someone's cheek and it being like, you know, like the eye in zombie two where, where the lady gets pushed in it. Like I was waiting for like the cut where it becomes a little obvious over time, but I'll tell you that this effect is still gag worthy today. And I'm like, that is impressive. This movie may have made me feel very nauseous. There's like one moment where the windows burst open and the people inside start getting pelted with maggots. Turns out, they use 22 pounds of maggots in this scene. 22 pounds Wait, of where little you get, maggots. Where you get 22 pounds maggot? I don't know. Where you get? Why? <laughs> How? And they, they just pelt them with it. Like, Stop. it is just shooting in on them. Is it to worse the point, than like, the Phenomena? The sound design makes it infinitely worse. Into okay. here in my opinion okay um and there's like there's a sequence where they're just standing in this room and the floor is just writhing because of uh, all the maggots that have been shot uh, into the room and so this movie would be oh, very nauseous cannon? in sparts yes sparts parts <laughs> wait is a maggot cannon yeah like it like worm cannon and all jacked up and full of worms but with maggots yes just pelting these poor actors that's like they're standing there, like it's <laughs> absolutely incredible, and also like the worst thing I've ever heard. You know, like I yeah. love it from like a technical craft level, but like as a person, that's repulsive. It was incredible. So congratulations, because holy shit! Yeah, so it's a it's. I don't think story wise, it's as interesting as the Beyond. I don't think it is as as, as like beautifully shot. As as the Beyond, I think the Beyond okay. has some really good cinematography in it. That's the one where. But. No, sorry, I'm getting all my time the one with the, <laughs> the woman in the middle of the road that like on that yes. bridge that they keep seeing yes. the old woman. Yes. And the dog and so they end up like cool. weird time loops running through yes. the hospital and ending up yeah. Uh, so this one definitely it definitely feels like a step up um or a step in the right direction of, of him getting to the beyond. And I'm really curious to see what the third movie is like. What's uh, the third one The again? House by the Cemetery. The House by the Cemetery. Wait, which one is this one then? The City of the Living Dead. Oh my God. I just thought you were talking about the hospital. Oh, my brain's on fire. <laughs> I haven't seen yeah, any of them. So that's why I was just like, yeah, okay. I just, cause I get them yeah. all. They all have similar sounding titles and they get a little yep. bit jumbled in my brain. Okay. They sorry. do. Oops. Yep, so this is City of the Living Dead and then followed by The Beyond, which we've watched, and then I'm gonna I have a four K of the house of the by the cemetery, which I'm I'm gonna watch hopefully. All hopefully right, before oh, this next poster? We'll Are you fucking kidding oh, yeah. me? Oh, that's so gorgeous. She's crying blood. And this yeah. is made on Oh fire. yeah, that does happen here too. Like, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And there's a shot in here wow. that I'm fairly certain was being homaged in um twenty eight weeks later. Of, like, a zombie looking in through a window. Like, a really creepy shot Ooh. that I'm fairly certain okay. was referenced in, in 28 Weeks Later. But, yeah, it, it's a good. Sick. It was a good movie. Okay. Really gross. I cool. was eating <laughs> cheese dip while I was watching this movie. Oh, was a no. Bad, 
I like oh. put it down. I was like, oh, oh not no, the I cheese think, dip. Not the I cheese think, dip. I think I'm, I'm done. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, that's uniquely terrible. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That made me a little bit nauseous. Yeah. Might have been so don't, don't watch it while you're eating. <laughs> cool. I'll forget that and we'll eat while I watch it. <laughs> but yes, okay, so... Let's talk about this riveting screen life mystery. Because I've seen this one, and you had not. And your texts were really fun to get. I, as everyone who listens to the show regularly knows, I pretty routinely will live text Terry when I watch the Little Cuts movie. Because I usually watch it after him. Because um, I sometimes will watch it during the day while I work. Because I'm very privileged. But I was watching this today, and I was just like... Because I had avoided spoilers, like, the play. I really wanted to watch this movie. I just, like, had, like, it was just one of those things where I hadn't. So I had, like, avoided everything possible about this movie because I did not want to be spoiled. And I was not. And let me tell you, it's a beautiful ride. Because I was just taken to so many places. I had not one, there's a couple moments where I called out a little bit. But for most of it, I was like, I did not call even a moment. As, as the things started coming together, I sort of got it. But boy, oh boy, that first hour when everything was revealed, I was like, what the fuck is happening? What was the movie? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> missing. Missing. Set in the same universe as Searching. In fact, the opening of this movie is really funny because it kind of tackles like the true crime true crimeification of things where yeah. there's like this show that they're watching called Unfiction and it is literally like the ending scene of of searching but done as like a a true crime show that they've that they're telling a story of it's very funny, really funny. And I, I, so this basically follows storm raid plays june uh, an 18 year old whose father has passed away and she's mad at her mom because you know teens and grief and shit her mom goes on a vacation with her new boyfriend to Columbia, but they are not there to get picked up when June goes to pick them up at the airport. And what that then begins a wild goose chase through the internet to figure out what happened. Wild. What happened to her mom. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's crazy pants. Um, I'm so bummed I didn't see this in 2023 because I think it might have been on one of my, it might have been on my top 10 to be perfectly honest with you. Between what it does with screen life and, and like, the subject matter of it all, it just, like, really worked for me. I thought it was so smart and so interesting. Like, yeah, some of the things, like, oh, you got to task grab a person in Colombia to do this for you. Like, that's a little far-fetched. Like, there's some, and, like, some things, I'm like, oh, it- <laughs> you're only trying that now? Like, that's what you're doing now? But at the same time, it's a screen life movie. Like, you kind of have to suspend disbelief. Like, you know, like, it's not... It's a movie. Like, it's not going to follow exact human logic all the time, which is fine. But it was just funny when I was like, it took you that long to try that password? You know what I mean? I was just like, "Uh huh." really? But regardless of those, like, small moments, it got my ass. It's a very twisty story. And as someone that, I, I mean, you know me. I sit in a movie and I, my brain will just start to, like, dissect the plot and try to figure things out. Yeah. Aside from a couple things that I was like, oh, this is what's happening. This movie, like, completely flummoxed me every single oh, time a new okay. twist happened. 
I'm so excited because I was curious about that because I know, like, again, I know what you, I know the way you watch these movies, so I was curious. And it really does, like, out of nowhere, have some of these it's just things like, and I'm just like, And you're just like, what? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> but it's so, it works so well. And Storm Raid rules. Like, the yeah, marketing was kind of a great. meme a little bit. Like, in a podcast I listened to, they were kind of making fun of, like, help, my mom is missing! Like, on all the ad- like all of the marketing for this movie. But, like, she's good. She's really good in this. She is really good in this. Uh, it's a great cast. And I, I will say one thing that I love about this, it, this is a long movie. It's an hour and 51 minutes, but it is paced incredibly well, in my opinion. Yes. And the way that it is editing between all the various forms of like internet because we have like TaskRabbit, we have we have FaceTime, we have voice memos, we have internet searches, we have webcams, we have ring doorbells, we have cell phones, we have other things. Like it's just like the amount of different kind of technology that is used in here makes it so that it feels like you're constantly like the the story is just constantly moving where instead of like this uh like a more traditional like I'm thinking like the den where a lot of it is in one location for the most part this is like constantly yeah. moving well, they they really edit this it's not yeah like they do a lot more with editing to make it feel a little bit less like it's exactly on the sc- like in screen life right which mm-hmm. I don't think is a bad thing, though. I think, like, it makes sense to make it a little bit more visually interesting because, like, and they don't do it a lot. It's, like, opportune moments where they're, like, talking about, oh, they drove this route and they kind of cut into satellite view. And it's just mm-hmm. these, like, little moments that take you a little bit out of, like, that digital space, but to add something a little bit more varied um, visually, which is interesting because usually that stuff would bother me. But with this, I didn't, it's actually felt smart. Um, See, and I was I was curious how you were going to react to that because there's music in in here interlaid over what's happening, and yeah. there is that the shot that you called out was the one I figured was going to come up in terms of like pulling you out because I too was like, okay, why are we doing this zooming shot over it? It's like, oh, it's supposed to be satellite sped up. It's like, okay, so some of this definitely shows its hand that it is being like edited together by someone that is a really good editor <laughs> as yeah. opposed to like traditional found footage stuff. But I was curious how you would react with that. I think because, like, this is, like, commercial found footage filmmaking, mm-hmm. I think that sometimes you have to just do, a, like, you know what, I've watched enough of this of this stuff at, like, the various budget levels, and, like, I know how this was marketed, so, and, like, you know, it just, I think that this needed that to, like, play as well as it did, I think, and I don't, I didn't hate it, which is shocking, because I usually have, like, will nitpick at that, but it worked yeah. for this, weirdly enough. I also think because it doesn't really give you a chance to think about it. Because, like, it is constantly... That's a really good point. Because I was just thinking... Because I was trying to parse through that earlier of, like, why does that not bother me as much? Like, even though it sticks out and it's like, oh, that's interesting. And, like, that does kind of take you out of this, like, digital space that you're in. I think... Because the way, like, I think about this is that it's... And I, especially on the rewatch, like, being able to know where the journey is going to go breathless comes to mind because it feels as if like it feels like a movie in which the trains are coming off the off the or the tracks are coming off the train and you just have to keep going and so i it's one of those that if you stop to think about it some of it is a little far-fetched but because it is constantly propelling you down this road you don't really have while you're watching it you don't have a chance to like react anything else because it's like 
now this is happening. Now this is happening. Now this is happening. What is happening? Yeah, I guess that like makes sense. Cause it's just like, it's like, all right, cool. Like that is just like what logically makes sense at this point in time. And I think just, and there's also a shot at the beginning when she's like waiting with her sign, like welcome back from prison, mom. Like that also has a lot of like obvious editing cause they're speeding up the footage a little bit. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so we're, I see what we're doing here. Like we're doing most of this, but like to add a little bit of like spice, we're kind of fudging it a little, but not for too long. And I think because they didn't do it the whole movie and it's like just right. like little moments, I think that's it. that's why it's like, okay, I get it. I understand what you're doing here. And it makes sense just from like a technical perspective, maybe not narratively, but like technically it like it just helps you get from point A to point B faster. And sometimes you just like have to do those things like in movie making. Sometimes you just like have to get to point A to point B. And sometimes you just have to do it in a way that might not always make sense. But it's fine. Who cares? Yeah. It made a thrilling watch. Yes, absolutely. But also, like, very sad. I won't spoil too much here just because, but, like, it's very sad and, like, actually quite melancholy in terms of, like, what it's tackling, ultimately. And it was not expecting it to get that dark. No. At all. I was like, oh my god. Like, I did not realize we were going no. that far in that direction. Uh-uh. So that was uh, unexpected. But but appreciated. I, I appreciate when movies go that dark. Like, especially a bigger yeah. marketed movie like that. Kind of bringing attention to that kind of stuff. I appreciate that. Respect. Plus, any movie, any mystery movie that, like, I don't immediately try to... S- have sussed out who it is or like know why it's happening always gets an a plus for me because i love being surprised and this movie even on a rewatch i mean it's been it's been almost a year since i had seen it okay it's still like some of the twists even though i knew things were coming i still was like i don't quite remember how this planned out this panned out and it's just it's fun i just think it's a fun fun film yeah i was not expecting any of that so i had a great time i'm so glad i watched it Finally. I'm so glad to hear that it might have been on like a top 10 list if, if you had seen it earlier. Yeah. Like, that's it's a, bu- that's a good bummer. Place. But look, it scratches the edge of found footage and also like addressing issues that are close to my heart. So yeah. anyway, but yeah, I'm so glad. It's on Netflix, everybody. So you have it is easily accessible. Cool. So what are we watching next week? We're going a little bit more on the indie side next week with uh, with the found footage. Yes, so we are going to continue um, our series with Brian Bertino's Mockingbird, one that I have not seen. Uh, one of, I guess, one of the few of his movies I haven't seen. I'm really looking forward to it. Have you seen The Monster? I have not. That's the only other one. Okay. I guess he's only made like four films, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got <laughs> but, a small yeah, film. So I've seen half of them. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what you think. I haven't watched it in a long time, so I'm not quite sure. I can't remember. But I remember it fucked my it fucked me up a little bit, so excited. I mean, he's two for two for me right now, so I'm excited. It, yeah, to see follows his in those, into found footage. Definitely follows into those footsteps of his other stuff. So uh, yeah. Hell yeah! Uh, so that's our found footage thing for little cuts. What? Who are we talking with on Monday, Mary Beth? Uh, so on Monday we are chatting with. Rocco Thompson, who is the co-host of the Lady Killers podcast. He's also written for a bunch of places all over the internet. Uh, and he brought with him Man in Black. Here come the Men in Black. <laughs> Galaxy Defenders. 
it's fun so conversation. Fun. It's just so fun. Good movie. It was a good rewatch. It's just for a good me. rewatch. Not does not age as terribly as one would expect. I'm not saying no. it doesn't have its issues, but really, I was quite shocked watching this and being like, "Huh, that's actually not as bad as I thought it was going to be." Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And fun conversation with Rocco about it. Incredible. His story is really good. It is really <laughs> All right, listeners, you've heard from us, but we want to hear from you. Uh, did you watch anything that we watched this week and have thoughts? Do you have things that you think we should be covering on the pod? Send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us directly on social media. Um, I am at mbmcandrews on Twitter, and I am at mb.mcandrews on Instagram. Oh my goodness, I almost choked on a hiccup. That was the weirdest thing. <laughs> Could you hear that? Did that come through? He <laughs> just went, <laughs> it was just like you could talk. It was just like your voice came out. It did. Uh, oh, it was so funny. <laughs> I hope that comes out in the recording. I really hope so. I desperately hope so. And um, I, I, what I was trying to say is I'm a gaily dreadful everywhere. And of course, follow the, the podcast on the social media at Scarred Podcast on Blue Sky and Twitter and at Scarred for Life Podcast on Instagram. And please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. And we have a Patreon if you want to help support us. And speaking of which, do we want to tell people what we're talking about for oh, Fresh yeah. Wounds? Oh, yeah. Fresh Wounds. Yes, we should. That's a good idea. So what did we talk about? So for our Fresh Wounds this month, which comes out on Wednesday next week, we talked about Claire Denis' Trouble Every Day, her incredible sex cannibalism movie that's actually quite sad. Um, I talk a lot because I love this movie very deeply. We have a lot of really cool conversations about desire, love, gender, all that good shit, and med scientists. So get fucking pumped. Get pumped. So sign up for that. Thank you, Derek Power, for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you, everybody, for listening and supporting us. It means so much to us. Please stay safe out there, but most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time.